Blog Talk Radio. are listening to PGN Prophetic Grace Network. It is Thursday, June 8th of 2023. And today on Secrets Revealed, understand the book of Revelation from start to finish. We are talking about the earth reaped prophecy in the book of Revelation. There are 12 statements of prophecy, 12 visions John the Revelator was shown, which are described in the book of Revelation. They begin with chapter 5 and end with verse 5 of chapter 22. The earth reaped prophecy is in chapter 14. It begins with verse 6. Here it is. And I saw another angel flying through the sky, carrying the eternal good news to proclaim to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then another angel followed him through the sky, shouting, Babylon is fallen. That great city is fallen, because she made all the nations of the world drink the wine of her passionate immorality. Then the third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or on the hand, must drink the wine of God's anger. It has been poured full strength into God's cup of wrath, and they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment will rise forever and ever, and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue and have accepted the mark of his name. This means that God's holy people must endure persecution patiently, obeying his commands and maintaining their faith in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds follow them. Then I saw a white cloud, and seated on the cloud was someone like the Son of Man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, Swing the sickle, for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who had power to destroy with fire, came from the altar. 
He shouted to the angel with the sharp sickle, Swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle over the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. The grapes were trampled in the winepress outside the city, and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. That is the earth-reaped prophecy in its entirety. Thank you for bearing with me. My voice um, is not 100% today, but I want to be with God's people and the truth seekers so that we can talk about the book of Revelation. We are focused on the earth reap prophecy for every program in June of 2023. We just heard it, Revelation chapter 14, verses 6 to 20. And in the last verse we heard, the grapes were trampled in the wine press. The grapes refer to those individuals who are in the armies led by the Antichrist, the armies of the world who have traversed the path of the Euphrates River for the purposes of entering the city. What city is that? The city where the Battle of Armageddon will be fought. That city, Jerusalem, in Israel, during the Great Tribulation, the grapes refer to those individuals who will stand there at the appointed hour, on the appointed day, and on that day, Jesus Christ will wage a war of righteousness. A war waged in righteousness is what the book of Revelation says in chapter 19. That war is the last war that will ever happen on this present earth. That war is the battle of Armageddon. And when it is fought and won, there will be a stream of 180 miles. What's in that stream? It's the carnage. It's the bodies and the blood of all the individuals and their animals that are used to fight against God's people in Israel. In chapter 19, in the very last verse, there's a description of what exactly is in the stream of 180 miles. So when the earth is reaped, it says in verse 10, let's go back. It says in verse 14, then I saw a white cloud and seated on the cloud was someone like the son of man. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. So this refers to Jesus Christ, who is given uh, this description several times in the book of Revelation. So here it is again in Revelation 14. Someone like the Son of Man, he had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then another angel came from the temple and shouted to the one sitting on the cloud, 
Who's sitting on the cloud? Jesus Christ. And what's the instruction? Swing the sickle for the time of harvest has come. I should say, what's the announcement? What's the announcement, not the instruction? Swing the sickle for the time of harvest has come. The crop on earth is ripe. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. So this is God getting his forever family. The purpose of the age is to yield a forever family for Jesus Christ. In other words, he will get three in one in body, spirit, and soul. An incorruptible body, a forever body, a perfected body, a glorified body, a body free of cancer, free of mental torment, free of all DNA errors, a body just like the one Jesus Christ currently inhabits, 100% of the bride of Christ will transition from mortality to immortality. This is the earth being harvested. This is earth's crop, the family of Jesus Christ. That he harvests the earth. But then after the resurrection, after the marriage of the Lamb, then we have the gathering of the grapes. It says, swing your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are ripe for judgment. Judgment is for those who have taken the mark of the beast during the great tribulation. So is judgment limited to those who have taken the mark of the beast? Absolutely not. But judgment doesn't happen singularly on one day. So there's the judgment that occurs after the second coming of Jesus Christ for those who are not in Christ and who are On the earth, those who have taken the mark of the beast, and then later, a thousand years after the government of Jesus Christ has been established, there's the second resurrection referred to in Revelation chapter 20. And after the second resurrection, there's the great white throne judgment so judgment doesn't happen only on a singular day judgment happens at different points in time in revelation chapter 14 there's reference to the judgment that happens at the second coming of jesus christ for those who are there in israel the enemies of israel who are therefore the enemies of god those individuals who will fight against Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven, and they include the Antichrist, the false prophet, and the armies of the world. So we're told in the earth we prophecy 
that their blood will flow in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. So horse's bridle is about five feet. Some translations refer to that as about five feet. Now let's hear the details about the wine press. So if we go to Revelation chapter 19, we can hear details. In other words, if we want to know what's in that 180 miles of blood, that stream of 180 miles, we can go to Revelation chapter 19, which I want to do right now. Let's hear that description. Okay, here it is. So, the statement of prophecy in Revelation 19 begins with verse 6 and ends with verse 21. It's the marriage supper prophecy. It's the prophecy that focuses exclusively on the battle of Armageddon. So, in the earth reaped prophecy, we hear about what happens at the time of the second coming for those individuals who are on the earth and in the marriage supper prophecy let me back up for a second that includes those who have refused the mark of the beast those who have taken the mark of the beast who are there to fight against Jesus Christ and those who have taken the mark of the beast who are elsewhere in the world so only the first two groups are described in the earth-reaped prophecy. Wait, let me back up for a second. All three groups are described with the fate of those who have taken the mark of the beast reported, but specifically what will happen in those 180 miles, that stream of blood that's 180 miles long, that is a description of what will happen at the Battle of Armageddon. Let's hear it in Revelation chapter 19, the marriage supper prophecy. Verse 17 says, Then I saw an angel standing in the sun, shouting to the vultures flying high in the sky, Come gather together for the great banquet God has prepared. Come and eat the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. So these verses, Revelation 19, 17, and 18, tell us that the great banquet God has prepared. Some translations refer to it as the marriage supper, some as the wedding banquet, some as the wedding feast. This feast is for the vultures. It's not for the bride because... This feast is, quote, the flesh of kings, generals, and strong warriors, of horses and their riders, and of all humanity, both free and slave, small and great. This flesh is the carnage 
of those individuals and horses there in Israel at the Battle of Armageddon. This is the carnage of the enemies of Israel, the enemies of God who have lost the Battle of Armageddon, and their carnage will be 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. Let's hear about it. Verses 19 to 21 explain the last verse of chapter 14, that 180 miles of blood. It says, in the marriage supper prophecy, which explains the fate, it explains the fate of those who have taken the mark of the beast and who are in the armies led by the Antichrist. It explains their fate. Verses 19 to 21 says, Then I saw the beast and the kings of the world and their armies gathered together to fight against the one sitting on the horse and his army. And the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet, who did mighty miracles on behalf of the beast, miracles that deceived all who had accepted the mark of the beast and who worshipped his statue. Both the beast and his false prophet were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. So the fate of the Antichrist and the false prophet is the second death, and they experience the second death at the Battle of Armageddon. They are not in the 180 miles of blood, that stream that will be here on this present earth. They will not be there on the earth. In other words, once they are thrown into the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone, that's another location. That's the second death. Let's hear verse 21 so we understand the 180 miles. Their entire army was killed. Now let's talk about what's the difference between being killed and being thrown into the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone forever and ever. When a human being dies, the Bible refers to that as falling asleep. It is the first death. And the reason that I refer to it as the first death, I never see that phrase in the Bible. But we, I'm using that word to distinguish it from what the book of Revelation refers to as the second death. So in Revelation chapter 20 and elsewhere, there's reference to the second death. And the second death is a permanent death. It is eternal damnation. It is some creation. It is something that exists, whether it be human or something else, for example, death. It is something that exists residing in a physical location separate from the light of the Lord. So the second death is when a person or thing is destroyed. In other words, it exists, but it is forever separated from God. And it exists in a fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone. 
And that is the final location, the only location of its existence for the eternities of eternities. So after the end of the age, after time ends, after the end of the age, when we go into the eternities of eternities, beyond time, individuals and other creations that are in the fiery lake that burn that burns with sulfur and brimstone, they're in what's called eternal damnation. Now here in verse 21, it says their entire army, talking about the armies of the world who are there to fight against Jesus Christ and the armies of heaven. These armies, it says, it says their entire army was killed by the sharp sword. So this is the first step. In other words, these individuals are not going to the fiery lake that burns with brimstone and sulfur forever and ever right then. So they go to eternal damnation, but only after their cases are heard and tried. So God is a just God. When individuals die and they are not in Christ, and right now we're talking about those individuals who are in the 180 miles, these are individuals who have taken the mark of the beast during the Great Tribulation, and they are among those who are in the armies led by the Antichrist. The armies gathered together to fight against Israel. Now, what's their fate? Their fate is to die. They're going to be killed at the Battle of Armageddon, which will be fought and won by Jesus Christ. But when they die, they go to a temporary location, Hades. If you looked at, if you look at uh, some translations of the Bible, there's a distinction made between Gehenna. And Hades. So Gehenna is the place that we typically think of as hell. In other words, this is the fiery lake that burns with sulfur and brimstone. But there's also, under the earth, prisons of darkness. The Bible refers to prisons of darkness. And they are in Hades. So these individuals who take the mark of the beast, they are killed. Let's hear it. It says in verse 21, their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. In other words, all of those, it says their entire army, all of those individuals in the armies led by the Antichrist and the kings of the world, all of them will die. 100 percent. It says they are killed. Killed by who? Jesus Christ. Why? They're the enemies of God. They've taken the mark of the beast, and they're there to fight against God's holy people. Now, when they are killed by the sharp sword that comes from the mouth of the one riding the white horse, that's Jesus Christ, what happens? Two things happen. Number one, they become disembodied. You say, well, how do they become disembodied? They weren't beheaded necessarily. It says they were killed by the sword. How did they become disembodied? When any individual 
experiences the first step, the individual becomes disembodied. Yet there's perfect continuity of life. How? So for those of us who are on the earth, we're three in one, body, spirit, and soul. When we leave the earth, as a result of the first death, we become disembodied. We are now two in one. Our physical bodies stay here on the earth, whether it's on the sea, in the sea, or in a grave. And that matter begins to change. The body decays. It decomposes. Yet the individual, his or her soul, in other words, the individual's mind, will, and emotions continues. There is perfect continuity of life as a soul and spirit. That's very important to know. For those individuals in the armies, when they become disembodied, when they are killed, so they become disembodied as a result of dying, experiencing death, where do they go? They go to Hades, a prison of darkness. Why don't they go to heaven? Because they have taken the mark of the beast. They have rejected the free gift of salvation. They've opted into eternal damnation and opted out of eternal life. Now, let's hear the last verse again. It says, and the vultures all gorge themselves on the dead bodies. Why do the, the vultures gorge themselves? Well, that's the wedding feast, the marriage supper. They have been called by an angel of the Lord to feast. Why? It's the cleanup plan of Jesus Christ. For the 180 miles of blood, it's carnage, dead bodies, and the blood flowing from the dead bodies of the humans and the horses. So that is the secret of the number 180 miles. Now, depending on what translation of the Bible you're looking at, we're talking about Revelation chapter 14, verse 20. Some translations, and I want to go to uh, Bible Hub because I don't know what translation of the Bible um, you're looking at, and I want to make sure that you have uh, for you that number so that you know what it is from now on. If you're looking at the King James Version of the Bible, that translation, I should say, it refers to a thousand and six hundred furlongs. So it says that the blood came out of the wine press, even unto the horses' bridles, by the space of a thousand and six hundred furlongs. So some translations report the one hundred eighty miles of blood that will be there after the Battle of Armageddon is fought in one that includes the dead bodies and uh, carcasses of the animals of the enemies of Israel and of the Lord. Some translations refer to that distance as 1,600 furlongs, the King James uh, Bible translation. And then we see um, in another translation, 1,200 stadia. 
and we see in the contemporary English version translation, 300 kilometers. That translation says, the blood turned into a river that was about 300 kilometers long and almost deep enough to cover a horse. So again, what are we talking about in the earth reap prophecy? We're talking about that last verse, verse 20. What is the 180 miles? It says a stream of 180 miles of blood. That is the aftermath of the Battle of Armageddon. So we're not talking about what has happened in Beijing or London or Munich or Vancouver or Houston uh, or Garland or Washington, D.C. We're talking specifically about what has happened in Israel at the time of the Battle of Armageddon at its conclusion. And at its conclusion, what happens is that 100% of the enemies of God, 100% of the armies and their animals are destroyed. And they are destroyed by Jesus Christ, who has waged a war in righteousness. That is the Battle of Armageddon, the war that will end all wars forever and ever. It's the last war that will ever be fought. So when this war ends, What happens? There's a cleanup plan, and part of the cleanup plan, the part described in the book of Revelation, elsewhere in the Bible, in some of the books of the minor prophets, they talk about, um, excuse me, in some of the books of prophecy, talks about uh, how many months it will take to clean everything up uh, after the Battle of Armageddon. But here in the book of Revelation, in chapter 19, We have a description, an explanation, a report of exactly what happens in the Battle of Armageddon. And in the earth reaped prophecy, we were told that when the blood flows from the great wine press, what's that? That's the strategy. That's the metaphor for the strategy of God to fight and win the Battle of Armageddon. In other words, the wine press refers to what happens to the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, those clusters of grapes that are there in Israel, a local battle. It's not worldwide. It's local. You say, well, the mark of the beast is worldwide. Absolutely. But in Revelation chapter 14, verse 20, we're not talking about in that last verse, the 180 miles of blood doesn't go uh, across the, old, the whole earth. It's in a specific location, Israel. And it is the carnage from the Battle of Armageddon. So the enemies will include 100% of the armies. Their dead bodies, it says, their entire army was killed by the sharp sword that came from the mouth of the one riding the white horse. That's Revelation chapter 19, verse 21. And now we understand the secret of verse 20 in the earth reap prophecy. So here's the secret one more time to make sure we're all on the same page. In the earth reaped prophecy, how is the earth reaped? Jesus Christ reaps his forever family with the marriage of the Lamb. 
That's the harvest of the earth. And then also the sickle is swung and the clusters of the grapes from the vines of the earth. It says they are ripe for judgment. How are they judged? They are sentenced to death. They are killed by the sword that extends from the mouth of Jesus Christ. The sword is described in several places in the Bible. Here we're talking about it in the prophecy on the Battle of Armageddon, the Marriage Supper prophecy, uh, Revelation 19, verses 6. Revelation 19, verses 6 to 21. And we need that to understand the 180 miles. Okay, so when you see the 180 miles, it says the blood flowed from the wine press in a stream about 180 miles long. You know now that that's referring to specifically what happens after the second coming of Jesus Christ. When he fights and wins the Battle of Armageddon, there will be blood that includes all the carnage, the dead bodies, the dead animals of the enemies of God there at the Battle of Armageddon, and the distance, the length and height of the carnage is 180 miles long and about as high as five feet. So some translations say 180 miles, some say 1,200 stadia. Another translation says 300 kilometers long. The King James Version uh, or translation of the Bible says 1,600 furlongs. So that's 1,600 furlongs. Um, some translations talking about the height of the carnage says five feet deep. Some say as high as a horse's bridle. So we understand that number, that number. And why do, why do we need that number? Because the armies of the world, and in Ezekiel we have a description of some of the nations who have sent armies, tells us Ethiopia will be a part of the armies. Libya will be a part of the armies. Russia will send people from their people. They'll be a part of the armies that are there. Doesn't matter uh, what nation the people are from, when they are in those armies led by the Antichrist, they will be among those who have experienced death, who will be killed by the sword that extends from the mouth of Jesus Christ. We are going to continue our discussion and analysis of the Earth Reap Prophecy on Sunday at 12 p.m. Texas time. That's 12 p.m. Central time, 1 p.m. Eastern time. I invite you to be with me and with us every Thursday and every Sunday as we talk about the prophecies of the book of Revelation. So I was led to begin in January of this year with the very first prophecy in the book of Revelation. And then every month we are scheduled to talk about a new prophecy in the book of Revelation going in the order that they appear. So in January we talked about the seven seals prophecy. 
And in February, the seven trumpets prophecy. In March, the 1,260 days prophecy in chapter 12. And then in April, we talked about the 666 Antichrist prophecy, chapter 13. And then in May, we talked about the 144,000 first fruits prophecy, verses 1 to 5 of chapter 14. In June, that's this month, we're talking about the Earth Reap prophecy. In July, we'll talk about the seven plagues prophecy. And I want to highlight what we're going to do in August. In August, we'll be talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy, chapter 17, 18, and the first five verses of chapter 19. If you have ever wondered about the harlot church, if you have ever wondered about mystery Babylon, who's Babylon? I've heard uh, some people say, well, America's Babylon. It isn't. It isn't. And that's not my opinion. That's Bible. If you wondered about the scarlet beast, who's the scarlet beast? Who's the woman that sits on the beast that has ten horns? What is this place that's going to be destroyed in one hour? Who's the eighth king? We're going to be talking about the one world religion. The one world religion, the religion that accompanies the new world order. You say, well, what religion is that? Is it going to be Islam? No. No. It will be a version, a perversion, a version it will be a version of Christianity that is false, a perversion. It will allow those who are in other religions to be a part of its religion. Now, you know, if you are a truth seeker and you have found the word of God, that there's only one way to the Father, and that's through Jesus Christ. But this religion will allow other religions to be a part of its religion. It's the harlot church. So in August, we're going to be talking about the purple and scarlet prophecy. We're going to be talking about the headquarters of the harlot church, is described in the book of Revelation. We're going to be talking about the false prophet who is the head of the harlot church. We're going to be talking about the eighth king. Remember in the book of Daniel, it says there were ten kings, talking about during the period of the great tribulation, but the Antichrist will rise up and he'll put down three of the kings, so then there'll be seven. But the eighth king, the eighth king, I think you know who it is now. The eighth king described in Revelation uh in the purple and scarlet prophecy, Revelation seventeen verse one to nineteen verse five. What about him? What does he do during the Great Tribulation? 
So I'm very excited for us to get to talking about the New World Order in August of 2023. All we're going to be talking about exclusively on this program, Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish, is the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy for the first time on PGM. We'll be talking about it in detail on this program, Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to finish, Prophet Randy Chandler has referred to one of the scriptures several times. Come out from among them unless ye partake of. Come out from among her unless you partake of her plagues. We'll be talking about that scripture in the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy and other scriptures. Friend and truth seeker, you want to know who is the harlot church? And how will she be destroyed? And what is her connection to the Antichrist? And who is the false prophet who will lead the harlot church? How will the harlot church be destroyed? Do you know that the Antichrist will actually hate the harlot church, yet he will use the harlot church to achieve his goal. He will use the harlot church to achieve his goal, yet he hates the harlot church. We're going to hear all about it when we talk about the purple and scarlet prophecy. We're going to analyze that prophecy, believing God to unlock the secrets of that prophecy for his people, for truth seekers who want to understand the word of God. The Bible says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Everything you need to know, everything that's important about how you can be among those who are here on the present earth, who will rule and reign with Jesus Christ, three in one, in a perfected, glorified body, with your same soul, mind, will, and emotions, and your spirit. So right now you're three in one. But if Jesus tarries, if you experience the first death, you'll be two in one. But the key point is, how do you transition from mortality to immortality? That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. Death is your enemy. Death is my enemy. Death is God's enemy. The most formidable fight that any human has is mortality. Death is your enemy. Whose death? The death of your child, the death of your husband, the death of your wife, the death of your mother, the death of your father. Friend and truth seeker, you know if you have ever loved another human being who has died, you have faced the reality of the most formidable foe that any of us has. You can't pay your way out of death. There's no amount of money that Steve Jobs, uh, Steve Jobs could give 
to overcome his most formidable enemy. And so what happened? He died. Now, if he died in Christ, it's no big deal. You say, well, how can it be no big deal? How can it be no big deal if he died in Christ? Friend and truth seeker, let me tell you. The first death is no big deal. The Bible confirms this because over and over again, it refers to death as falling asleep. More than a dozen times. Asleep. Why? Because every human being that ever dies will necessarily be resurrected the first resurrection happens at the second coming of Jesus Christ. It's described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, I believe it's verses 17 and 19. And there we're told that when he returns, he'll bring with him the believers who have died. And they will put on their incorruptible, perfected, glorified bodies. In other words, as described in Revelation chapter 20, Verses 4 and 5, they will live again. If it's you and you are going to die today or tomorrow or next year, if you are in Christ, you have perfect continuity of life. You immediately go to heaven. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord for those who die in Christ. It's no big deal for the individual who has died. In fact, not only is it not a big deal, the Bible says that those in heaven, you rest from your labor. And the day of one's death is better than the day of one's birth for those who die in Christ. Now, if a person dies but he or she is not in Christ, is still falling asleep, it's still falling asleep according to the Bible, but instead of going to heaven and getting a temporary rest from one's labors, an individual goes to Hades, a prison of darkness. You don't want to go to Hades. Why not? Because then the person is resurrected, according to Revelation 20, verses 11 to 15, the person participates in the second resurrection. What's that? That's the resurrection for the purposes of participating in the great white throne judgment. Only those individuals who will go to the lake of fire. In other words, only those individuals who will experience the second death after their cases are tried, after the great white throne judgment, only those individuals participate in the second resurrection. They've missed the first one. They've missed it. They've missed it. So, friend and truth seeker, I invite you to be with me and with us every Thursday and Sunday as we talk about the book of Revelation. And, again, please make time to hear about the soon coming realities that will happen as described in the book of Revelation. I'm very excited about uh, what we'll be talking about again in August, the Purple and Scarlet Prophecy. You want to be with us. You don't want to miss it. I think you're going to be very interested in finding out 
who the Harlot Church is, how it's going to operate, and how ultimately God will use uh, the Antichrist and false prophet. He will use their alliance and turn them against each other. Nonetheless, they'll continue to work in tandem, but the uh, the headquarters of the Harlot Church will be destroyed, uh, it says forever and ever. And as you heard today, the Antichrist and false prophet, ultimately, they will be destroyed too at the Battle of Armageddon. So I want to thank you for being with me and with us today. I'm looking to see if we have any prayer requests before we end, any prayer requests or comments. You know, there's always the opportunity for you to share. There's always the opportunity for you to share your perspective on the book of Revelation, to share uh, your questions. You can do that by texting in your questions or comments using our PGN text number. That's one two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. One two one four five zero five eight seven one nine. That's our PGN text number. Also, during the live Internet broadcast, you can call. That phone number is one three one nine five two seven six zero two seven. So you've been listening to Secrets Revealed, Understand the Book of Revelation from Start to Finish. Today we've been talking about verse 20 of Chapter 14, The Earth Reaped Prophecy. We have analyzed and unlocked the secret of the 180 mile stream of blood described in Revelation chapter 14 verse 20. Some translations refer to it as 1200 stadia, others as 300 kilometers, others as 1600 furlongs. That distance of blood, we have unlocked that secret today. So thank you for being with me and with us. And again, in June of 2023, analysis and discussion of the Earth Reap Prophecy with the Book of Revelation Research Scientists are happening live on PGN on Sundays at 12 p.m. and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Central Time. Share your perspective or pose a question about the Book of Revelation during the live broadcast. You can listen via Internet at blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. Every program is archived, so you can go and listen at any time. If you're not able to listen live, you can uh, schedule the time and listen every week at that time that works for you by going to blogtalkradio.com backslash live prophetic. You can also download the broadcast from Apple Podcasts. Thank you for being with me and with us today. I encourage you according to Jeremiah 33.3. Call out to God. He promises to show you great and mighty secrets that you do not know.